This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help, seek out a qualified medical services provider or other healthcare professional. Welcome to the Live Your Yoga podcast, a podcast dedicated to discovering and sharing all the ways in which yoga can be lived off the mat. Real stories by real people, just like you. Welcome to the Live Your Yoga podcast. My name is Mark, faculty member for Your Yoga Flow. And today I'm joined by Nancy, fellow teacher and faculty member for Your Yoga Flow. Today our guest on the podcast is Leela Stewart. Now this is a really, really fascinating, fascinating discussion about the world of yoga therapy and made all the more interesting by the fact that Nancy actually studied yoga therapy with Leela. So you get to hear some really great discussions between the two of them about the training of yoga therapy, the practice, the principles, the application. And so I think it's going to be a really, really useful and enlightening episode for many of us. So let's dive in and meet Leela. Well, Leela, thank you so much for joining us on the Live Your Yoga podcast today. Uh, to start with, just to sort of set the stage, could you tell us just a few things about yourself, who okay. you are? Okay, well, I, um, I am a student of life, I would say, a perpetual student. I love learning and um, I maybe have my finger in too many pots, but I like to, uh, I like to do that and then bring it all together for my students. And, um, and I, I teach experiential anatomy as therapy. So I have a background as a massage therapist, although I just let go of my registration this year. Um, uh, I've been practicing yoga since I was 19 and teaching for uh, over 30 years now, I guess. And I, I came to yoga myself through injury and, uh, and I was able to manage it through yoga. And that got me really curious about the healing power of movement. So that's my path. And I taught a, uh, a yoga therapist training for 15 years. Nancy was um, a participant. And, uh, um, and so I still do that. Um, but in workshop form, uh, I teach internationally, both on, well, online now and, uh, and in person. And I, I have a, a, a small studio where I teach a few classes to the public. Yeah. And I swim. I love to swim and I, and I do yoga when I swim. I like to do, I like to think of yoga as something that who a state of being who we are. So I, I try and bring that presence to everything I do. And I practice when I swim all my experiential anatomy things, and it makes my swim much more interesting. <laughs> oh, are you swimming in the open ocean? Are you swimming in pools? No, or? I'm swimming in a pool. Nice. Leela has a beautiful pool in her backyard. Yeah. That we love oh, it. <laughs> and a very beautiful public pool close by. So, 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you you were were you a massage therapist first, and then you yeah. got into yoga? Well, no, no. I I um, hurt my back when I was nineteen, and uh, somebody said there's this thing called yoga. Some, my boyfriend's mother is doing it and it's supposed to be good for your back. (laughs) So I bought my first book and I, so I, I'm self-taught, um, first of all, and, uh, and I could manage my pain and I managed my pain for 20 years because it was quite an injury. And then I found my first yoga teacher trainer, and that was Sandra Sammartino who is the grandmother of many yoga teachers in British Columbia. And, um, and my back problem disappeared. Mm. Yeah. I don't even have to manage it. I, you know, sometimes it goes and I know what to do and then I'm fine. Yeah. So that's what I teach. I teach people to take care of themselves, to have the resources so that they don't have to keep going to a massage therapist or going to a chiropractor that they, when something comes up, they can, they can be curious about that and, and dig through their bag of yoga therapy tools and, and try things and see what works. Yeah. So I want to, I want to build self-reliance and also a generation of people who are participating in their own healing process. You know, because so many people want want the therapist to do it for them. And and I got tired of that as a massage therapist. People wanting wanting me to do it for them. To fix them, right? To fix them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't practiced with Sandra. I like I know so many people that have, but do you um accredit her, pay homage to her for like I think you're such a you're so perfect at communicating concepts that might not be easy to understand. Like the first time I met you was at a teacher training and you talked about cranial sacral, Mm -hmm. um, the understanding of the cranial sacral system. And like, you just had me so hooked in. It was so, it was like, I want to learn more about that. (laughs) You're, you're very gifted at that. So Can you talk about your teaching style? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I I love to organize things. I love to, uh, like I say, I love to learn, but I love to organize my learning in in. And I have, I think, one of the biggest things for me is I have legal training, so I have a law degree. And that training is extremely rigorous intellectually. And it's all about uh, if this, then this, you know, then this, then this. And so uh, and there's a concept in the legal profession of I can't remember the Latin name, but it's like it's a name for the nugget of the case. And so you had to read all of this stuff. But then you had to say, like in one sentence, what it was all about. And so I think that training helped me to do that. So I weighed through all the research, all the information, and I and I really enjoy coming up with, well, this is what it's about. And and so I'm giving this information to you in this streamlined form 
so that you this is all you really need to know. And I think from being a, a post-secondary student for so many years, <laughs> 10 years, um, that, that the way of, of learning for exams is you write summaries. Mm-hmm. And then you just learn the summaries and that's all you need to know. Like you never need to go back to all the textbooks or your notes. You just remember the summaries. And so I think that's how I teach. I try and give people what they need to know. I try to make it interesting because I find anatomy fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And um, yeah, and I also want to make it relevant to the individual so that they get excited about their own exploration, their own, their own healing journey. Yeah. So, so I try and be clear, you know, I, I guess I, like I am a communicator. I have uh, astrologically, I have six planets in Leo, you know, so I'm, and they're all in the ninth house, which is about teaching. So, you know, I'm a born teacher and I like to have the clarity and the, um, the, um, the bit by bit tracking uh, and uh, incremental learning so that people get it and then they get that. And then there's another piece and then they get that. And then at the end they get themselves. Yeah. But I like, I like the word you said nugget. And I'm also thinking when you're speaking, like you have the, you have the beautiful mix of the left, right brain, right? Like it's the creative and the logical comes together for me in a, in a way that I can really um, understand like anatomy, which was such an overwhelming um, subject to me, you made it so um, accessible, accessible and creative and fun. And, and like, I didn't even have to study it. I just remember, I remember still, I took that. It's in your body. It's in my, it's It's in in your body. body. Yeah. 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 And another thing that sticks with me, um, that I want you to talk about that profoundly shifted my way of learning or understanding of learning is when you told us about um, the importance of the nervous system. It's just like, you can't learn when your nervous system is not like settled or relaxed. Yeah. And that was to me like, a like, well, no wonder I've had such a hard time learning because I'm so stressed about trying to learn. Yeah. So can, you, yeah. can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I had got that information very, very early in the polyvagal theory emergence. I was lucky enough to study with um, someone in Vancouver who was doing trauma work at that time. So now with there's trauma, everything, right. Trauma informed everything. And so much more research has been done. And we know that we know more of what happens precisely in the brain when we're in trauma. And we know that there's the you know, there's the ventral vagal response, there's the dorsal vagal response, and there's a sympathetic response. And, and so it became even clearer that the only way we can learn, the only way we can heal, I think I probably told that to you guys as well. And the only way we can make connection is when we're in that ventral vagal state. 
And we know that yoga, the way it's supposed to be taught, takes us into that ventral vagal state. And we can, but it gives us the resilience to go out of that. So if we're holding a pose for a longer time, then that might activate the sympathetic response, but it activates it in a way that helps us to build resilience. So, so I know when in the, in the um, protocol, in the yoga therapy um, model that I taught when you were um, um, studying with me is the first thing the first stage is you have to calm the nervous system. You have to establish presence. And we know that even more now that it's not what you do as a therapist. It's how you are with that person. And can you co-regulate with them? And can you establish that connection? And so as all this new information is coming, is emerging about pain science and polyvagal theory, trauma, everything. It's, it's just confirming what the yoga tradition has been saying for thousands of years. And that's so exciting to me. Like we're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. We, we recently did a podcast together and we were talking about that. It's like they knew so long ago and yeah. like we're finally relearning and understanding it. And, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, they knew exciting. everything about how the mind works. Yeah. And I mean, and, and they were saying that when life was relatively simple, mm. yeah. you know, and now with the bombardment of sensory input, it's, crazy and it's even more important that we get this information out you know in ayurveda one of the main causes of disease is is um misuse of the senses mm-hmm. so i mean this whole world right now is a misuse of the senses and so we have to be so we have to apply so much tapas you know, so much rigor and enthusiasm and um, discipline. And I actually just looked up discipline, etymological, uh, the etymology of discipline, and it has more to do with learning than with, you know, the, yeah. the whip. Mm, yeah. 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 So it's putting ourselves in a place of learning. So well, let's learn how all of this is affecting us. And do we really, you know, when we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling in social media, can I pause for just a moment and, and go inside and feel what this is doing to me? And, and can I make a connection between how I can't sleep at night or how my digestion maybe isn't very good? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so I'm curious to know a little bit more about what yoga therapy is and how it differs from yoga classes that a person might take in a studio setting or a gym. Like what, what are the, what are the big differences in the, in your approach? Yeah. Okay. So yoga therapy in general is, I mean, it's, it's an artificial term because 
thousands of years ago, all yoga was therapeutic mm. because you studied with one person, that person knew you, and they gave you practices according to your nature and your condition. So the International Association of Yoga Therapists has established a curriculum for uh, of, of 800 hours uh, in order to become a yoga therapist. A lot are a thousand hours or whatever. I mean, the more you study, the better. But the curriculum is designed so that yoga therapists are educated in um, assessment, uh, in uh, in uh, physiology, in pathology, uh, and in the the philosophy, the the philosophies and principles of yoga that can that are relevant to to a healing process. And when I say healing, I mean I mean it doesn't mean someone may totally resolve. It may mean it may mean that they're on their deathbed, but they're dying whole. Mm. Yeah. Or it may mean that someone still is an amputee, but they have shifted their perception and their experience in order to live with that condition in a way that doesn't cause them suffering. Yeah. So, so people, so yoga therapy involves yoga therapists who are trained in a different way. So they have more training than the average yoga teacher. They're taught how to, uh, how to assess what's going on in someone and, and from a, not just a physical perspective. So this is another main difference between yoga in studio yoga and yoga therapy is that we look at people from a multidimensional perspective. So we want to know about them from, from the koshas. So from, you know, from a physical perspective, from an energetic perspective, what not only what is their breath like, but what's their energy level like, how are they, um, how do they, uh, manage prana in their life, the five pranas in their life. Like what do they, are they aware of what they take in of what they're assimilating of what they're getting rid of? Um, uh, then of course the, the emotional part and then the, and then the, um, Vijnana Maya Kosha part, the, you know, the higher self aspect, and then this, the spiritual, because the recognition in yoga therapy is that sometimes something very physical might have a spiritual cause or a men, you know, or an, or a, a mental cause. And of course we're seeing that in the trauma field now where so many conditions can be traced back to adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so yeah, so there is, there is a big difference. And so from that assessment on all levels, the therapist would design a program for someone that may, it may involve physical, may not, but also the, the physical aspects are always um, adapted 
to the person. Um, so there may be a chair or, or maybe someone um, is uh, just on the floor, like someone with fibromyalgia might spend the first six months of yoga therapy just on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so the therapist, as the relationship develops, will tweak, uh, will tweak what's going on and will always involve the person because it's about them. You know, I say to people, this is all about you. Right. And so you have to tell me, does this feel good? Does it feel not so good or is it neutral? And we want to go with those things that feel good, because now we know that when the nervous system feels safe, it will heal and pain will decrease. Yeah. So we keep modifying and modifying until we um, we uh, go on a journey with that person to mentor them, to, to educate them about taking care of themselves so that they can then have self-reliance. They can, they can have the resilience to handle what life brings them. And so it's, so it's a, it's a very broad, um, multi-dimensional view of people. And there is a very close relationship that, that forms between the therapist and the, I like to call them students because that's what they are because they're learning about themselves and how to, and how to, um, yeah, how to be their, their true self, how to, and how to inhabit their whole self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The long well, answer, the long it, answer. <laughs> it's such a powerful, um, I'm not sure of the language to use, but like, like a powerful paradigm for, or powerful way to shift the paradigm for students, for, for people to take control of their own health and well-being and and to be empowered and not like you know take the pill or go to that machine and do 10 reps you know like it really makes you um self-aware and self-empowered i think which yeah can change the world (laughs) absolutely right and and that empowerment is a very key phrase that people are empowered to not just take control, but to realize that it's not about doing a pose. It's about how you do that pose. What is the state of your mind as you're doing that pose? And what is your breath doing as you do that pose? And how, and then pausing afterwards and and having a felt sense of what did that pose bring to me? Yeah. And so, so like, and, and what I just described in terms of yoga therapy, that's how all yoga used to be mm-hmm. when, when, when one person studied with a teacher. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why all the teachers that study with Krishnamacharya teach such different yogas because he gave them different yogas according mm-hmm. to their nature. You know, Desikachar was had a very different nature than Iyengar. And so they got different yogas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the the another level of that empowerment that I remember when I was taking your training and you were teaching us anatomy, 
and that um, that quality of felt sense. And I remember thinking, wow, if we taught our children mm-hmm. this this level of awareness, what a different experience they would have to like take care of themselves, to, yeah. to take care of other like it would. Again, it's, it shifts yeah. the paradigm that to me is so old and boring and yeah. like not working. Yeah. So. And another really big piece of research in the in these last 15 years or so is on interoception. Yes. So what I teach is interoception, right? It's it's having an internal felt sense of I have an arm or I have organs or this is what hunger feels like. So, and there's been all this research showing that when people are taught interoception, it, it goes through this very interesting process in the brain, especially in the insula, um, that in a way that affects the emotional output, uh, what action you take and your resilience. And so people with anxiety, depression, with autism, with all uh, eating disorders are being taught interoception and it changes the outcome of their treatment. And so what you just said, Nancy, is so true. If we taught our children and there are actually now there's there's interoception curriculums for uh, for elementary school children. Um, but if we taught our children, then they would be able to feel like when somebody says something awful to them or or some you know, idiot on social media tries to um, get them to send a sex picture, you know, yeah. they would feel, you know, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Their intuition would actually be working. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and the and the thing with experiential anatomy because it takes you so deep, and you're all so you're living from a deeper place. You're living from a a a more integrated and a core place, and um, and you have more resources. And that's what that's why I love teaching experiential anatomy, because people get themselves in a very deep way and they realize, wow, I was I was walking from my superficial muscles. But when I walk from my psoas, I feel my inner strength, you know, and then next time somebody uh, comes down on me, I'm going to stand up for myself. And so that's what I love about experiential anatomy. It works multidimensionally. It works with the koshas. So we start with the physical. That's the gate, you know, or the doorway. But we end up with our with our true self, with our bigger multidimensional self. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't and, know why. I don't know why more people don't don't teach it. You know, oh, come, I know. come I know. to me. Come I know. <laughs> well, and I think back now I'm getting all excited about like it was two years our training. What's two it? years. Yeah. And just the the arc of um, change for everybody involved in that and how we all like for me, it was the beginning of some really deep healing. Yeah. And like we just all shifted profoundly in two years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it comes out in your dreams or uh, 
um, yeah, it's in these in these flashes of insight. That's that's what that's where I was going. That with the experiential anatomy, it takes you so deep. Yeah, that it it jiggles out the the stuff that's in your tissues you know, that's, that's buried in your cells and it comes out, but you've, you've resourced yourself in order to handle that, you mm-hmm. know? So work, for example, working with the psoas, it brings a sense of in, of inner strength, of inner stability, of this ability to flow and to move from a deeper place. So when stuff comes up, because it's involved, I mean, the fight or flight is, uh, reflex is is mediated by the psoas you know so if you have any trauma stuff it's going to be brought it's going to it's going to emerge when you start working with your psoas Mm -hmm. so can I tell one story yes about that okay so I was teaching uh in Europe and um on the psoas it was a five-day workshop just on the psoas so you know we can go deep in five days and there was a woman who had been trying to get pregnant for some years unsuccessfully and uh she'd also had a number of of miscarriages so she uh, had you know some a lot of stuff around pregnancy so um, I am about day three or maybe it was day four. She disappeared. And, you know, nobody knew where she was. And uh, and so but then she came back and then um, it turned out that she. Um, uh, she realized how much fear she had stored in her psoas around getting pregnant about getting pregnant, you know, and maybe losing it or whatever. So then, so then two and a half years later, I get an email from her and she said, I've been meaning to, to contact you for a really long time. I really, I would want, really wanted to tell you this, that, that, um, a few months after that workshop, she got pregnant. She kept the baby and she had a two-year-old. Oh, yeah. And she realized that that's what it was, that she had so much fear stored in her psoas muscles that and I had said this, that when there's a lot of tension in the psoas, it um, it transfers to this to the overlying organs, including uh, including the ovaries, the uterus, the digestive system, you know, the digestive organs. And that I had heard anecdotal evidence of of um, women being unable to get pregnant because of tension in the psoas. So, so that's how powerful it is. And she wouldn't, I mean, who knows if she ever would have come to that understanding if she hadn't done the work. And it's not, I mean, it's, and it's, as you know, Nancy, it's such gentle work that it's not like, like the internet says, you know, you do all these big stretches into in the psoas because that is going to add more trauma. Totally. Can I, can I share a story about the psoas? Absolutely. With with your training and your work. Um, I had a lot of tightness and pain in my left hip and through the exercises we did with you. And I was also seeing a cranial sacral therapist at the time. 
I had a very deep, like, ah, it's my dad's trauma in my hip. It's oh. his, he grew up in the, in the depression with a lot of worry and fear. And it was like, I don't need to be carrying this around anymore. Wow. And yeah, it completely, it completely changed my perception of my own body and my dad, you know, like it was life-changing. Yeah. Ancestral trauma. I hadn't heard about that. Yes. So, but it makes a lot of sense. He was now. in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how wonderful. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. To have that it, compassion for him. Yeah. And for me to like, I don't need to actually, this is not my, it's not my yeah. trauma. Yeah. And did your hip pain resolve after it, you had that? It, it, it's it been a journey, but yeah, now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, sometimes people's pain can, can be gone like almost immediately once they, once the, they have a somatic experience of that trauma yeah like yeah. the book right the body keeps the score the score yeah. yeah yeah and now we have the whole genre of somatic experiencing and it's and it's all about doing these little movements titrating little movements and and getting having a felt sense of them in a different context that then brings safety yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. It's it is. It's so exciting. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What has been your, the, the reception? Um, because I, I imagine that, especially with all the new research that's coming out about trauma and from what you've been saying, like the, the benefit that yoga therapy has for these different types of things people experience. Have you noticed that there's a, uh, that other healthcare professionals are more interested in yoga therapy, um, sort of the world's colliding sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. And uh, in, it's funny because in the U S yoga therapy is much bigger than it is in Canada and partially because of the, uh, um, the work of the of the International Association of Yoga Therapists that's based there, but there's um, there's uh, yoga therapists in hospitals. They uh, you know there's yoga therapists in in uh, medical clinics, in in physiotherapy clinics, in chiropractic clinics. Um, there's there's yoga therapy programs for veterans, for homeless people, for uh, it's 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 really burgeoning in the States and not so much so in Canada, but um, I know um, one of my colleagues, even, um, even before ICBC, our, um, our insurance corporation changed recently their policy. She was getting her yoga th- uh, her clients were getting their yoga therapy sessions covered under their accident um, benefits. Wow! But now, but now they've taken it away. Well, no, now, no, now, no, now they've they've changed it so that um, somebody now anyone uh, the focus is on treatment rather than getting damages. Okay. So, so yeah, they're they're open to, as long as uh, the lawyer or the um the icbc person 
says this is work, you know, okay, then yeah, yoga therapy is covered. When I, when I finished your training, I I was doing private work and I had a student who had an ICBC claim and yeah, she had it all covered. So it's true. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I think that, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's an artificial separation, but, um, with the with the extra training that yoga therapists get, it brings more credibility for for working with the medical profession. You know, I'm lucky because I, I I am a massage therapist, so I've already you know I I had a, a, a I had a registration number, but for people who don't who are therapists, um, as as long as they can talk the language. You know, so if you can talk the anatomical terms, you can talk the you can talk the pathological language and the um, like the imaging language, um, then there's going to be more reception. And especially because a lot of uh, clients say this is the only thing that's helping me. Yeah. You know, and you have to ask yourself, well, why is that? I, you know, you're involved in it you're given the responsibility for it and it's all about you. Yeah. Your journey, your journey, right. Your healing journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you think it's the future of yoga, which is like, it's the past of yoga, but do you think that (laughs) it it is a future model for where yoga might be moving to? Well, you know, it was only in the, late nineties that the mod, like the, that the studio model, the monthly pass and the drop-in classes really took off. And so it's, that's a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I call a lot of that yoga aerobics, you know, because you're going and you're just doing the poses and the teachers at the front showing off how great, they can do the poses and, um, you know, that, that does bring some benefit, but it will never bring as much benefit as, as working with the whole package. And so I see now there's, there's more and more coming. So we're getting, we're getting the body positive, uh, stream we're getting the accessible yoga stream we're getting you know way more internet uh youtube stuff on yoga for this yoga for that (laughs) and that i mean not that not that that's great but you know it's something Mm -hmm. so i think i i mean my hope is that as people realize what this world does to us that there will be more of a an acceptance of of self care and self reliance, and of course, there's the whole self care uh, stream as well. So I, I think that people, a lot of people, are tired of. I mean, after a while, you get kind of tired of just doing posture after posture. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, personally, I'd find it just super boring uh, without some kind of focus. Like, wow, what happens when I move from here? And oh, what happens when I use my organs in that movement? And, you know, so that makes it curious and alive and juicy. And um, so 
And the world is in such a big mess right now. We need we need more pathways to to building resilience and calming our nervous system. Self-soothing tools. Mm. Right? Self-soothing yeah. tools. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. let me do my, my havening, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me reset my vagus nerve. <laughs> I, I do think though, with the, um, the contemporary sort of vernacular understanding around trauma that's that I'm I'm so excited about. Yeah. So like I'm doing a training right now online and so many of the tools are are yoga, breathing, yeah. you know, like so I think I think yoga's coming in that door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For yeah. sure. So. Yeah. Um, um Bessel van der Kolk and and Stephen Porges, they're really big on yoga for sure. Yeah. 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 Who are you doing your training with, Nancy? It's a sounds true. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. with Gabor Mate and no, it's not oh. Gabor. It's Jeffrey. Um, I'm horrible with names. Um, Ep- Epstein and D- Dana. Dana. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know her. Yeah. I, know. I have her. Wrote Anchored. What's her name? Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Oh, you told me about the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Deb Dana. Deb Dana, thank you. Yeah, right. it's, it's yeah. my dyslexic brain. But yeah, yeah it's um, yeah. So much of the training is what you taught about, um, just like being in your body, right? Yeah. Being really in your body and feeling your body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another stream, and now is the embodiment stream. Like there's embodied everything. Right. So, I mean, I think that there is a movement in the world, not just in the yoga world, but in a lot in a lot of places, a move toward being more in your body so that you can be present enough to deal from a um, a responsive rather than a reactive place to what is happening around us. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important work. (laughs) It's very important yeah. work. Yeah. And I'm very happy to see all the all the trauma stuff. And, you know, I, like like you just said about I, I, recognizing that you already learned some of this stuff from me. Like I didn't nobody was talking trauma then. No, no. You know, like, yeah. When I but I'm I'm feel very um, confirmed and um, justified in what I've been teaching, because I realized that I was teaching trauma informed therapy before it was a thing. Totally. Wow. You were ahead of, way ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a name, but I don't have a you know, I don't have a uh, I don't have a thing. You know, I, I don't have a name for it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just you're, teach. You're not teach. trendy. <laughs> no, I'm very not trendy. Very not trendy. <laughs> but, um, I hear you're working on a new book. I am working on a new book and it is on it. It is on yoga, th- um, uh, experiential anatomy as therapy. And so what I've done is I've drawn from the manual that I created for the, for the training, which was by the end, a 600 page manual. (laughs) And that was without photos. (laughs) Like that's a lot of material. And so I'm, I'm drawing sort of best practices from that. So it's things like the foot triangles and the, um, 
you know, the shotgun, which is now called pelvic reset and the psoas work and, you know, um, getting a sense of movement starting from the spine and how does the shoulder work? And yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I look forward to that book. Yeah. Well, and I'm hoping that it will um, become a a manual for some teacher trainings. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And when do you, when is, what's the timeline for that? Well, I'm in the process of writing it and uh, I have a deadline (laughs) at the end of of November, but I have had deadlines extended in the past, (laughs) Um, but supposedly the publishing date would be fall 2023. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a slow writer. I'm a really Mm -hmm. slow writer. Yeah. And where will people be able to, to find that book? Well, it's being published by uh, Handspring Publishing. And Handspring was just recently purchased by a much bigger pump- publishing company called Jessica Kingsley. Um, and though they'll keep the, the Handspring imprint. And uh, so... I think Jessica Kingsley has a much bigger uh, distribution network. Um, So it will be, I would imagine, available online. And I'm hoping in bookstores and um, always uh, it's available from me. (laughs) (laughs) And the workshops that I hope to be teaching more of to teach more teachers how to teach experiential anatomy, because that's what the that's the basis of the book. How do you teach experiential anatomy? Mm-hmm. And in order to teach it, you have to experience it. But there's more in the book. There's a whole chapter on the pedagogy of it, like how, you know, explaining all how do you how does it work? How do, why does it work? How do you how do you teach it? Yeah. And do you have any courses or workshops coming up this year into next year? Well, I actually um, st- last year I did some online, some international online workshops, and then I realized this year, you know, I just need to put my nose to the grindstone and write. So I'm not doing any extra teaching this year, but I do teach um, three semesters of regular classes, online classes, and I do have international students in those. And um, we're just about we're coming to the end of the spring semester, but I'll start up in the fall. And in those classes, we always have a theme. We have a physical theme and a non-physical theme. So the theme for this present semester is the spine, the multidimensional spine, and the non-physical is the niyamas. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. And I do have um, an, a book already out. Uh, that I co-authored with Donna Fari uh, on the SOAS and that's available online. I, I think. Yeah. And yeah, that's, you can find that book in bookstores in Vancouver too. Yeah. And in Banyan books anyways. Yeah. And oh, from, yeah. and from me. And from you. <laughs> yes. Sign. Will, we'll include your website and, and uh, how people can connect with you online as well in the, uh, the episode notes so that people can just easily click and, and connect with you because I think what you're offering is really important for people to practice. But also I think as, as yoga teachers, sometimes there's a feeling of how can we help more? And, you know, you get students coming to your dropping classes and 
and sometimes it can feel a little bit that you don't, you're not empowered enough in order to be able to help people. So it, so finding people like yourself who are offering these types of trainings and, and workshops and resources, I think for yoga teachers is so critical to be able to expand the ways in which we can make a difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. All right. And there, and in my regular classes, I do have a number of yoga teachers oh, who, who take what they learn in class <laughs> into their next class. <laughs> I yoga think you probably way. did that. I, I did that. And my students were like lapping it up. Oh. They loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's about like so many people say, well, like, why aren't we taught this? Yeah. Why aren't we taught this? It, it's it's such common sense. It makes such a difference to how I move and how I am in my life. Like, what, why isn't it taught in elementary school? Like, mm-hmm. like exactly. Yeah. So let's get it going in elementary yes. school. That's our that's our activism <laughs> for yeah. our being sixty year old women. Let's yeah, get yeah, it yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Like, it was such a pleasure to meet my first time meeting you and to mm-hmm. hear also you and Nancy interact and chat about your shared experience and I yeah I'm just really grateful to have been able to spend this time learning from you well I'm grateful to have uh, had this time where you talk to me because I love to talk about what I do it shows it's been great it's yeah (laughs) you you've reunited my passion okay uh, yeah it's good well let's have let's do (laughs) let's do lunch sometime okay we will okay all right all right right. thank you thank you so much